Thank you very much, Herman and his horn, ushering in the 100th episode of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. It's so lovely to have you here for this auspicious occasion where nonsense, whimsy, eccentricity and sheer mediocrity collide in a podcast. And there's been 100 editions of these, so there's a whole back catalogue of podcasts you can listen back to. And also... There is thunder and lightning. There's a very own jazzy, thunderous brass band in the heavens today uh, putting on a real show. Absolutely torrential rain. I nearly thought I should wear a cagoule or one of those oversized, uh, oversized condoms or something along those lines just to protect myself, just in case the roof leaks, because it is utter flooding here. I, I, could, be, I could be washed away. It's, it's pure Noah's Ark. So we have a little bit of a different flavor today on the podcast. I know, why change a winning formula, or some say a losing formula, I guess. I mean, you could look at this podcast like perhaps England taking penalty kicks. Let's just not go there. That, that's, that's the way to look at it. Um, but it is marvelous to be here. And joining me on the podcast today are two very marvelous, delightful guests. First of all, my old mucker, uh, my best man, the uh, the man that I would uh, I know he wouldn't want to share my rather greasy uh, wax-laden comb with, but Jimbo is here. Jimbo the Weasel is going to be joining uh, us on the podcast, and my dearest, slightly sassy daughter Victoria is calling in uh, from the wilds of New Mexico, and she is joining us too. So two superstar guests. Uh, I'm probably the uh, the pickle in the sandwich here. They're the sort of meaty edition, uh, the piece that you want to eat. I may be like that soggy piece of lettuce you might want to throw out of the sandwich. Uh, or, you know, I, I maybe I could be a crusty baguette as well. A little crusty. Um, certainly not stale. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully 100 episodes in, we're not, uh, we're not stale quite yet. Um, but, uh, you know, you can always restore... A stale brick with a little bit of butter. That's the key. A little bit of butter spread on there, and it can it can cure all ills, all crustiness, uh, and uh, and slight staleness as well. But that is the podcast. There's there's no trumple trombone. We have uh, none of our enigmatic English eccentrics. We have no Victorian education and etiquette today. All of that will be resumed on episode 101 which will be on Saturday, God willing. You're already preparing for that. You know, I'm, this thing is a finely tuned, honed operation of a podcast. Uh, but today, you're going to be getting a little bit of in insight into the man behind the podcast, which I guess is your dear host, Chappie. So there'll be some tales and daring do, uh, a little bit of uh, certainly some nonsense, certainly some frolics, and certainly some shenanigans that dear Uncle Jim the Weasel will be enlightening you, the listener. So if you want to know how this Bayer-type tapestry was put together, this podcast, the man behind the podcast, then, uh, you know, I, I'm letting you in. It's almost like a little bit of a roasting session. It's roasting chappy. Uh, I mean, if I was to be roasted, I hopefully would be, uh, you know, gently uh, slavered in butter 
and um, I don't know if you need a, high, a spicy sort of horseradish sauce afterwards maybe a good strong English mustard as well that's if I'm going to be roasted yeah add a little bit of uh, you know you don't want the meat too tough you know I'm 44 years old so the meat's uh, getting a little bit tougher there's no Botox in here perfectly healthy uh, you would you would not get poisoned when it comes to the chappy roast but uh, Uncle Jim will be uh, roasting me and um, probably enjoying it and uh, probably sticking a fork in when I'm done uh, which will be pretty quickly I, I imagine uh, but that is to look forward to on this uh, podcast um, and coming over the way in the next probably next couple of podcasts I did ask you the listener to send me some lovely limericks some wonderful limericks as the tsunami hits here in Colorado I'm lucky I'm up high in the butler's nook because the water is going up and I have to decide which animals two by two I'm going to carry in my ark uh, dear Jack the uh, rat terrier I don't think he can swim um, but uh George and uh, George and Maggie will come along as well, but there's a lot of uh, bunnies right underwater right now in the uh, in the front yard, and it's absolutely hammering, hammering tongs out there. Thor has decided to uh, dump an ocean on us right now, so um, you know we have to. I have to speak loudly, speak clearly, have a little bit of uh, bumbly nonsense, eccentric music in the background, and we should be fine we might be able to get through this together but that is the essence of the podcast uh so enjoy that and we have some very nostalgic tunes for me uh and uh, uncle jim also victoria uh being played as well in the musical edition the musical butler emporium edition that you can listen to on spotify and then if you just want to purely listen to uh the lovely uh dulcet tones of me and my other english friend uh jimbo then, uh, you know, he's probably the more dashing, handsome one. I've got the slightly nicer voice. Between us, we make a good comedy double act. Uh, and as I'll be saying later, you know, if, if they're paying uh, uh, Sean Foley, whatever the chap's name is of Will and Grace, that podcast, they uh, paid uh, Joe Rogan 80 million. They're paying 80 million to uh, this uh, comedy triumvirate. Then, uh, you know, get your wallets out here. I feel that there is, as there is, in all these rom-coms there's a couple of a couple of brits in the rom-com if you look at notting hill you've got hugh grant you know jim the weasel would be an excellent hugh grant i would probably be more like the uh, slightly shaggy uh you know a little bit more rough around the edges housemate that's how i see myself probably um i wouldn't wear a snorkel in the house though and I would never uh, slip on a pair of budgie smugglers. That would be absolutely awful and, and, and a terrible thing for you, the listener, and indeed the viewer to watch. But that's coming a long way on the podcast. So slightly different today, uh, but settle in and enjoy an hour of absolute nonsense and pure roasting of your dear host, Chappie. Happy 100. I have to put that on there so I can't... Uh, it's not like a, the Secret Service or the FBI recording in the background. You can't be a you can't be a sneaky squirrel, and uh, record things at ad hoc. I'm too big big to be a squirrel. I'd never squeeze down the drain pipe. They always say a rat up a drain pipe, but I'd be a rather rotund squirrel if there was one. <laughs> I've seen some I've seen some hefty beggars during uh, lockdown. I'm not going to lie to you. Feeding on the fat. Of, uh, they've been in all the curry out of your uh, rubbish, haven't they? 
I said, my my uh, family of squirrels out front is like a Benetton ad. You never see anything like it. They've got a, a grey one, a bald one, black one, red one. But then they eat the red squirrels. There's no, there's no red squirrels in America. No, they're the ones that they're the ones that killed all the uh, the, the grey ones killed all the red ones back in the UK. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. But they seem to a couple of a couple of the gingers have made it over here and uh, and uh, you know kept the recessive squirrel gene going, you know, very nicely. Yeah, they're, they're all a big happy family, to be honest with you. I've never seen I've I've seen the grey and the red ones, but I've never I've never seen any other colours. No, maybe lots. I'm telling you. Yeah, a couple of black ones. They're very feisty, popping up and down the tree like nobody's business. Well, they're, but, they're uh, like rabbits, aren't they? But they, I never see them on the roads, though. We've got thousands of rabbits here. Actually, never... I, I have to tell you, the uh, the squirrels did try to turn my my roof into a uh, into a squirrel knocking shop. Uh, they found a little gap to get into underneath the dormers and, and sneak up into the into the rafters. Because well, here was just scrabbling around, <laughs> making whoopee together. A little bit of inky squirrel, inky pinky. In the rafters. Were, were they squealing from the rafters then or something like that? They were, exactly. Unfortunately, I had to uh, lure them out with some, some, some monkey nuts. I'm not sure what you call them over here, to be honest with you. Those the, sort the, of... the hard shell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the monkey nuts there. So I, had I, to... I thought you would have I thought you'd have lured them out with a nice piece of mature cheddar or something. Well, I'm not going to waste that. How on earth would I make my own plowmans, for God's sakes? Yeah, I don't think they'd eat Branson sauce. One thing I noticed though, Americans hate anything pickled. Have you have you have you ever have you found that before? Apart from the pickle itself. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like all the pickles in the in the in the sandwiches and the burgers or whatever. But you show you show a Branson pickle jar to somebody, you might as well you might as well you know put a Chernobyl sort of be wary of what you're eating sign around everything else. That's how bad. That's how they 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 find absolutely disgusting, along with pickled onions as well. Like a pickled onion is like the equivalent of a food grenade. Throwing well, a pickled yeah, never, onion, they don't know what's going on. Never, never open, uh, never open up a, a jar in front of an American. They, they would probably faint. <laughs> and, Although, uh, and let alone, don't even introduce a gentleman's relish. <laughs> Definitely don't introduce that. Friend. That's thank thank goodness the uh, marketing one hundred and one is is give them the pickle. Actually, no, that's still bad to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, give oh them the pickle, God. give them the pickle that's... and the gentleman's relish. You'd really get a you'd have all sorts of uh, of citations. I think you could be cancelled for introducing the gentleman's relish into a conversation or anything else these days. Almost certainly, <laughs> almost certainly, without a disclaimer. In any case, you'd have to be very careful. But now it's lovely to have you here. So let me just explain to the uh, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener who this fine gentleman is joining on the 100th episode. The, the funny thing is he hasn't listened to a single one of the episodes beforehand. So, you know, it's, all, it's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a batter coming in after hitting three home runs or a 100 not out or something. He, he comes in, has no idea what this is, and then we'll, we'll scoot off again until I reach 1,000. And uh, it, may, it may join me again. Yeah, I'm ch- I'll only be here for milestones. And the trouble is, I'm too tight to pay for Spotify Premium, so I can only listen to the abridged versions. Oh, well, that's that's a pity because you're missing all the you're missing all the the songs I'm putting on there, like 
LL Cool J phenomenon. Go ahead, oh, Daddy. That's a phenomenon. <laughs> One of my favourites. No, you get the first, you get the first thirty seconds or so of the of the tune, and then they annoyingly take it away from you. It's a bit like your old dating life, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. You never, you never, you never, you could never put on a long stairway to heaven tune. Or no, maybe that is the, maybe that is the, uh, the, the uh, mantra of dating life. I never claimed to be in the entertainment business. You know? <laughs> but so the debate that we had. So I've known Jim for twenty five years. We met around Euro ninety six, or, or so he, or so he said. In a, I thought we met in a bar called Weatherspoons in the UK. In Portsmouth, which is uh, probably the you know it's not not one of the nicest places in the world. It's, although I think they've really they've polished up the seafront. I think it's looking a little bit better these days. There's nice parts over there, you know. But uh, but no, I I met I met him. But you think I met you at some sort of party? Oh yes, you, you did. I met you at some at a terrible dirge of a of a house party in a damp terraced house. There, yeah. were, there was damp. There was there was probably mice as well. There was a lingering smell of marijuana, and a lot of a lot of very cheap wood panelling. Yes, that's right, isn't it? All those all those houses in uh, he, he you probably um, he was probably the landlord of that house too. Your old uh, Shahab Mabubi. Th- that was his name, wasn't it? Shahab Mabubi, uh, slumlord. To, and then he, uh, then he had a brother as well. Yes, Sohail. <laughs> Sohail Mabubi. Yeah, these are some of the most unscrupulous landlords uh, the, this side of the, the Wild West, I think. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, there were a couple of Jesse James out there, weren't there? Yeah, they, were tr- they tried to charge you a pound a week per person for use of a, uh, of a microwave with a broken door. That was, well, one, of the, that was one of their many ruses to uh, up the rental. The funniest thing is, so Jim lived in this house that was with three boys and three girls, right? Was that right? Am I am I adding an extra girl? Was this was this was this seven? One, two. No, hang on a second. You're right. There's there's three girls and three boys. You're right. And 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 an erstwhile fourth boy, the uh, paramour of one of the young ladies, uh, had a temporary ho- uh, home there as well. So there was seven. Sam was. Was uh, was number seven? Yes. Yeah. Well, you never counted me, although I was around all the time. Oh, you were just part of the furniture, old boy. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, like one of the rats that buried in the in the couch. <laughs> I never it was mice. Couch, it was like, mice in the couch. Well, I don't know. They're all rodents to me. But so I was asleep one one uh, after a few too many triple gin and tonics at the Duke of Buckingham pub, which is you know down the road. So I was asleep. I woke up. And I think you were like drifting off as well. And there was the Joan Collins porno movie on from like, I don't know, 1976. Hello. And I had this scurrying and burying <laughs> underneath the couch here. I said, what the hell's that? And there were bloody mice in the couch. That's right. There were. But first, I must pull you up a, a little here. It's Dame Joan. Obviously. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, it's I terribly I, remiss of you. I, know I don't think that... we go as far as that. It was a little bit. Of, there was some skin showing. It was obviously, a, you know, a, a huge favourite of mine. But uh, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was, uh, you know. Well, I don't think you could see anything for the bush back in those days. I mean, you know, on top of the hair and everywhere else, under the armpits. 
There was no Gillette. <laughs> was Gillette even invented in those days? Forget Harry's razors. <laughs> it, was, it was still the best a man can get. It hadn't been offered up to the ladies. <laughs> it was exactly. It was. It was. Uh, it was a terribly sexist in the back in the day there in the in the whole razor stakes. But then then I believe that the mouse was found in a bucket, and then um, your dear roommate Emily was making some toast. It was a terrible smell. A terrible smell. And uh, I went to uh, the kitchen to see what was going on, and the smell seemed to be emanating from the toaster where she was making herself uh, some a snack. And uh, I pulled the uh, piece of, of bread out to find a, a fully cremated mouse in the toaster. Yeah, just with a spinal column. Yeah. And that's not, that's not an English delicacy. I know... You know, I tell people about spotted dick in a can, but you don't, you know, you, it's, we don't cook mice. We're not, we're not heathens, for God's sake. No, no, absolutely not. No, that would be very much frowned upon. <laughs> uh, well, I know, I know the Romans, the Romans used to eat gerbils back in the day, though, you know, and other th- do other things with gerbils, I believe. But yeah, we're not, we're, we're not quite as barbaric as that, I don't think. But I was, think, I, was, I was thinking about, so all week, you know, we had the big game, obviously, yesterday, which were all terribly surprised England won after, I don't know how many games I watched. I was talking to my grandmother, I remember 1990 and 96, both, both in those cases losing. But I, but in, in uh, so we won this year. But all week, I, I swear, I, I was thinking, we're never going to win this. But all I'm going to do, I think we're going to meet Sweden in the next round if we do win. So I've been eating Swedish meatballs all week. <laughs> Just had a had a diet of Swedish meatballs, mainly for dinner. But I did have a couple on a piece of toast the other morning with some Loganberry jam. Meatballs with jam? Well, no, they have a little bit of Loganberry jelly on the meatballs. Look up the recipe. Oh, my goodness. This is you highly know, irregular. What's happened to your kippers? <laughs> well, they stink everything out. You know, there's nothing worse than a smelly kipper in the morning. Oh, but an excellent source of omega-3 and uh, triglyceride uh, um, uh, lowering uh, breakfast power food, really. Well, you used to grow your kippers in your underpants and your and your vest in the morning outside, didn't you? That was your... Well, uh, that's the whole point of wearing a string vest, to be honest with you. Well, I was going to see if I could find a couple of your more uh, interesting pictures from back in the day, but alas, <laughs> they've all been lost. Oh, what a terrible shame. <laughs> there's, one, there's one where you seriously look emaciated. I mean, you look skinnier than Kate Moss in a prime in one of these. But you were holding a cigarette, so you and Kate Moss did have something in common that time, I think. Well, we're both from Croydon as well, so... Did you ever meet her in a nightclub or something? I can't remember. Maybe you made no, that I story. No, I met her brother a, a few times. And, and what was uh, it? What was the name of the nightclub uh, in Croydon that you waxed? Oh the Blue Orchid. Good <laughs> Lord. Good Lord. I think that's another one that you know in Chicago, isn't it? <laughs> that's, a, that's another sort of establishment. <laughs> the names the names change. The places stay the same. You know. No, that is, that is true. But I was I was um, regaling the listeners about my love of the fungus breakfast on one of the episodes recently. Oh, now, this this is one of my biggest. You know, I I love Jim to death. I've known him for such a long time. But the whole thing, he 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 really did 
do a you know he, he stitched up the owner of this 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 breakfast place like like a kipper, and he got more meat, more eggs, more toast, more fried bread than me, and I was paying more money. And I don't know how he did this to poor dear old Carol. I don't know if she had poor Alzheimer's at the time or something. I don't know what's going on with her. I think it's just a, a cheeky smile can can help you get away with a, with a lot of things really. At the end and, of the day, and then you persuaded your henchman to stick a finger in my yoke. I know. Well, you're so protective of your of your gut buster. That's the thing. You're so protective of your gut buster. But you know, I was like, come on now. You've got an extra fried slice there. Share it up. Well, you I, never I, were very good at sharing your food, were you? To be honest with you. No, I mean, I would never sh- share the nugget, or uh, or what what what, what, are, what the other what the, the there wasn't a babka, was it? What was that other thing that I ate? The it was it oh, was covered in icing, and it was a uh, very the bad. lardy cake. Yeah, lardy cake. It's like a, it's like a posh donut, isn't it? I I don't know how you would describe a lardy cake. I'm not sure how you would describe it. But now I'm, now we're talking about that. I've just re- uh, reminded myself one of your one of our um, ships down the uh, uh, first foray of, on, on Randolph Street in Chicago, mm. where they had started opening up the, all the, the trendy restaurants, and the publican had opened up with a huge community table. Yeah. And I booked, I booked us in and, 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 and booked us in on that community table, wherein, wherewith we had to sit next to about five or six other patrons. We well, all pro- were fascinated in talking to you. Yeah, well, I, the thing I worry about those things is on a bench, and I was right at the end, I thought it would be like a seesaw and tip up. <laughs> that, was my, that was my biggest fear about that, that whole situation. And you mean you could smell each other's armpits. This is, a, this is the only good thing to come out of COVID, is unnecessary friendliness at these types of restaurants. Because people won't come near you. If I start coughing now, you know, nobody will get, they won't do, they won't be able to do these, uh, these communal, I mean, it's almost like some sort of bathhouse with food. That's how close you are to each other. It's your trademark, uh, your trademark throat tickle, just like on the putting greens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, this is the whole thing. I mean, Jim and my dear father are both terrible in terms of sportsmanship. They always take a very very large, large uh, you know, set of keys or lots of pennies in their pocket. I mean, you never see money in their pocket any other time. Um, <laughs> although my, my father was mentioning today about the times he said, oh, yeah, you and Jim used to wait by the door waiting for the telegraph to come with a 40 pounds and then go straight <laughs> down the pub. I'm happy enough. He's not wrong. Well, I, I know. He said, well, didn't you even read the paper? I said, no, we went to the middle page. And if it was 40, then that was a happy hour. If it's 60, it was a breakfast too. <laughs> I mean, I, I still think uh, he, he still feels that he might have funded your business. Lovely, uh, lovely uh, times, I must say. I've never been so excited to look uh, to, to see the, the morning paper delivered. Never. Tremendous well, times. I remember the first few times you came down to, uh, to Norfolk to see my uh, dearest mum and dad. And uh, and spend a few lovely days uh, down Wonderful there. Wonderful hospitality. Wonderful think, hospitality, Shay Chappers. Yeah, I think I think mother was was so stressed out having to provide you know four three meals, and it wasn't just like cereal for breakfast. It wanted full English, <laughs> then you know sandwiches for lunch, 
and then a, and then a, and then a full dinner, a roast. I mean, you know, you've got growing lads, for goodness sakes. You, you have to accommodate, don't you? Well, I think she, I think, I think she I more think than she, held her own. I think I'm, Mum was I'm very, uh, very, very stressed about the whole situation. I think when you, uh, when you boys came to, uh, to visit after, uh, you know, and we had we had all those meals after the golf. It was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a lot of food and uh, and a lot of stress. And I know, I know, uh, Bonzo, another one of our friends here, he loved the place names. I mean, he loved Melton Constable. That was one of his uh, favourites of all, <laughs> in terms of a local place name. And you don't want to say that, you know, don't you want to say that after a few drinks? <laughs> you certainly don't want to stutter halfway through. You'll get yeah. yourself into a terrible mischief. Yeah, it could, it could cause you an awful piccalilli, to say the least. So <clears throat> one of our one of our friends was one of the unluckiest men alive. I mean, we uh, we met him. I mean, you knew him for a long time. I only knew him fleetingly. But I I remember one time when uh, he joined us down uh, down the local pub, a couple of our other friends, and he was a he was a nice lad, lovely fella, Lo- lovely fella. Um, but he re- he regaled the story of um, of uh, was it Chimpy having some sort of relations with a ginger young lady the night before or something? I can't remember exactly what happened. You'll have to yes, it was, remind me of this tale. It was the time he uh, he, he he punched down and uh, he got terribly frustrated after the event and, uh, and and pulled down a backyard fence. He was so stressed with himself. Uh, it was disappointed. Maybe I don't know what the expression is. I mean, you know, obviously. Uh, he uh, concluded his business affairs in a satisfactory fashion, but he wasn't happy with the uh, um, with the post game analysis. I think it's fair to say, and uh, tore down the fence in the backyard, which no, the, uh, the nurses next hard. door were not too happy, to be honest with you, uh, about. But yeah, so, yeah. Have Rupert the tr- Rupert the Bear um, tartan trousers on there, if I remember. Very very fetching. Very fetching on him, but a little too tight around the posterior. <laughs> he didn't split them on that occasion, did he? It wasn't that occasion. That was golfing. No, that was the that was when we were playing cricket. I beg your pardon. No, yeah, I think he. Uh, yeah, I think he. Um, when our lecturer started bounding across the. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit worried that he might be uh, caught on a sticky wicket, so to speak, wasn't he? On that occasion, <laughs> very much so. Quickly required a, a jumper around the uh, around the waist to cover up the. Uh, Manner of all sins uh, hanging out. Well, he, he wore the skinny. He wore the skinny jeans or skinny trousers before anybody else. I think. I don't think. I think they'd been invented by that in that day in that time. He but could lay. He could lay claim to being the first. To be fair, he really could. And then he's made it a whole Euro sensation ever since. I think. <laughs> he should have got. He should have got the credit for it, without a doubt. But I mean, one of your one of your favourite times here. In the whole sort of compendium of instances, when I took a young lady out on a date one time, and I happened oh, to yeah. look across the table, and and, and um, I thought this would be a rather nice, you know, rather nice luncheon, and um, across the table you were there with Emily, my, our, one of our other friends. Well, I think we need to put a little a bit of the backstory in for taking <laughs> this trip down memory lane. The night before, I'd specifically asked you if. Uh, if you'd like to uh, meet up after our college lectures uh, to go and uh, 
have a rack or two at the snooker club, and then to the uh, satellite office at uh, that's the turf accountant, the bookmakers, for a, a few bets on the uh, on the horses. And uh, you had told me that unfortunately uh, your classes were going to last uh, through the early afternoon and wouldn't be able to see me until that evening. <laughs> so uh, upon which I uh, um, I asked our friend Emily, our my housemate. Um, whether or not she'd want to get some lunch with me after class. And she, of course, said yes. Now, at the time, I was, at the time, both of us were, um, both Emily and I were smokers. Um, and uh, to my chagrin, uh, in, nowadays, I, I think it's fair to say, I uh, would always look for the smoking section in the restaurant, which must have been absolutely horrendous when you look back on it. Um we just entered the door, the threshold of the restaurant, very nice French bistro, and uh, I started looking over to the um, smoking section. I saw some open tables, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw another uh, another <laughs> diner. It looked very familiar, and uh, I could see he was there entertaining uh, uh, a young lady on a date. And uh, as the man, as the maitre d' asked me, "Would you would you like your uh, table in the smoking section, sir?" I said, actually, no, today I think I'll, um, yeah, I'll have a non-smoking table. But actually, is that <laughs> table right there available? That one there specifically, please. And uh, he said, of course, sir. Beckoned me over to this table that was directly behind uh, your guest's back uh, and provided me with full uh, eye-to-eye vision with you. <laughs> And uh, imagine your surprise when uh, you were just about to uh, peruse the dessert menu. <laughs> well, can you remember a raised that eyebrow and a raised glass of uh, champagne on the next table? The thing you were most... Uh, I mean, i never seen you look go white and so flabbergasted. I think you almost spat out your, uh, you know, your, your, your Prosecco or whatever you were drinking. It was when I ordered a chicken salad. Well, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I almost had a... Um, at a breakdown, for God's sakes. <laughs> it wasn't a carbon site. It's a carb-free luncheon. I've never even never heard such of a thing. <laughs> uh, it was grilled. Eating it though, as would well. You like, would you like the Would you like the uh, the, the fried chicken uh, cut up, sir, on the sub? I'll take the grilled chicken, please. Well, that almost sent me off the chair. Well. I was I was I was hoping there were lots of pulses and uh, and a, a very nice raspberry vinaigrette as well. That would have that would have that would have. But I remember though, I was so hungry after just eating a chicken salad, that then when the dessert came. I mean, it was almost like I was in euphoria when I tasted that uh, sticky toffee pudding or whatever it was. I mean, it was something like that. I think. Yes, that was uh, that was your food gasm face. <laughs> uh, you, you denied yourself so wholly. During the main course and the, and the and the appetizer, that you just let rip and uh, just threw yourself into the sticky toffee pudding with an enormous, you know, spoonful of of delicious cake and unctuous toffee topping. It's a little bit. It's a little terrible when that's. It's a little terrible when that's um. When that's the best part of the date. <laughs> <laughs> and it has happened before, I have to say. Where the, well, where the dessert has been, uh, <laughs> there's no euphemism in the dessert here. The dessert was actually the best part of the meal, without a doubt. At least somebody enjoyed the filling, is all I can say. 
Well, I, the, the thing is, though, I can't, I couldn't concentrate through the whole of that date because you were giving me knowing winks. I mean, it's, I thought you had Tourette's for one moment or I was in a carry on movie. There's so, no, so many nudge, nudge, wink, winks going on. It, 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 you know, it was, I thought it was Charles Hawtrey, for God's sake. You've got to keep your eye on the prize. I mean, you know, you've got to stay focused. I think this is the trouble, you see. I, I do get very, I'm, I, I lack the focus that, that you probably do. And that's, and I think that's how you, how you got me at so many disciples at university, Chimpy myself, was we lack the focus that you do. <laughs> and that's why you, you, you know, turned poor Chimpy into a, ter- a terrible gambler, though, over the years. I know you disagree with that. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the poor chap came in with a trust fund and, and left penniless. We had a lot of memories, though, a lot of memories. And that's the uh, that's the main thing. <laughs> I definitely am not taking responsibility for that. <laughs> well, my favorite story, though, talking about our dear, our dear friend to our dear friend Chimpy or a uh, toffee apple, as we like to call him sometimes, was uh, I don't know if you can't even remember. Know, you may get uh, you may get uh, your uh, PG license revoked. Well, no, I, I always put explicit on here. Don't worry, old chap. <laughs> It's an it's, 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 it's 18 and a, it's, it's double X rated, to say the least. But I remember the time when you, I think you guys were off in France and Italy. Being as France specifically, where you had your whole identity stolen. Oh, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you met, you, you, you know, for your whole life you'd become, you were like a sort of, Ronnie Corbett storyteller. He's a traditional like English comedian storyteller, and you had to re- refashion yourself, didn't you? As a, as a, as a completely refashion myself. He'd, he, he'd borrowed my turns of phrases. He, he'd used nicknames that I used for other people. <laughs> he'd recreated a large part of our uh, uh, existence in this in this new location, and when I turned up there. I didn't know. I, I, one evening, I didn't know whether I was Arthur or Martha. <laughs> I, thought, well, I had the strangest feeling. Well, the thing is, <laughs> you I've seen it, I've seen it years. I had to, I had to, I had to reinvent myself. You know. Well, you know, if you if you did reinvent yourself, I know, I know this hap- happens in these Marvel movies with superheroes or whatever. What did you reinvent yourself as then? Well, listen, I'll say this much. I'm, you know. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a particularly uh, um, dashing uh, character, but uh, whatever I did uh, during that reinvention, I became absolutely irresistible to Irish women. <laughs> absolutely irresistible. Batting them off with like flies, I'm telling you. Couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't help myself. And did you have me- a little bit of the, did you rub the Blarney stone or something or? A, a few times, uh, but uh... <laughs> well, you're always you're always good at drawing a shamrock and the, the cream on the top of the Guinness, though, weren't you? That was always a they were, they were all asked my lucky charms, and that was uh, and that was what happened there. Not a guitar in sight, I might add. I'm, I I never knew this. This is this is not this is new to me. I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's the years have passed and I've forgotten about that part. Oh, it's wonderful. But he, you know, the poor, the poor chap though. He did, he did go between uh, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. I, re- I remember him wearing a Crystal Palace shirt one time, 
and uh, after being a Chelsea supporter all his life. And then he, uh, and then he, I think, moved back to being a Chelsea fan again, didn't he? If I remember. Yeah, he's back in, he's back in that camp again. He, he denies his, he denies his dalliance with the, uh, with the, with the South London's number one team. Well, we have got a picture of him wearing it, though. I have to dig up the shirt where he's actually wearing a Crystal Palace uh, top. We do, we do, we do have that for posterity. So uh, I'm indulging in a lot of nostalgia here for you, the listeners. But I think you know that the listeners listeners deserve a sort of tapestry of my early life. And yet, actually, Jim's being very well behaved. I thought I was gonna, this is going to be like a roast today, <laughs> so I was ready for that and ready to mute his microphone whenever uh, whenever I you know had the chance to, because uh, we did we did share some times, and I'm sure there's some tales that uh, he can't tell. I mean. I'm, I'm, I know that my uh, I know that my father, I, I you know I, I don't I don't know if this is true, but I suspected he thought that I might have battered for the other side at one point, and I remember you you know painting a picture of uh, of uh, me and uh, Chimpy potentially having a uh, a union <laughs> in Norfolk, and and then, oh. the, and then the congregation. I don't know what the congregation were thinking, but. As the veil was lifted and, and a rather stubbly chimpy was underneath. That there be the ugliest bride I ever saw. <laughs> I mean, that was the, that would have been the first same-sex marriage I think Norfolk's ever seen. Without well, a I, only, I made that point because I have to tell you, with the exception of your delightful sister, the um, quality of the of the lady folk up in the North Norfolk area was. Uh, just mystifyingly poor. I came up with, with, with great expectations of uh, of a genetic vestige from the from the Viking invasions, and I was I was I was left thoroughly thoroughly disappointed. It looked like Mister Potato Head had, uh, had come over on those long boats. Did you know? any of them have that condition where the with the little pinky finger, um, you know, it actually protrudes in, inwards, and then and it can't be moved? Apparently, that's a Viking. Uh, condition. My grandfather had that condition. Is it really? Where the where the finger is, it, it starts moving inwards towards the palm, and then it and then it, and then it never moves. And apparently, if you have that condition, then you have Viking blood. So I do have some Viking blood in my in my heritage. I know you probably this doesn't surprise you at all. Probably, you know. Well, I'm 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 not surprised. I've seen yeah. you go. I've seen you go berserker before, running down the rail tracks at Fratton, <laughs> uh, losing your rag in the in the uh, in that hostelry in Holt uh, <laughs> with the rugger buggers. Um, so I suppose I can see that. Yeah, I, no, I, I can see that. I don't. Although, uh, although I'm not sure where your fro came from. I've always uh, I've always said you were the Don King of uh, of North Norfolk. To be fair. Well, when I first met these reprobates back in 1996, I mean, I, at the time, I was trying to uh, to style my hair. I was, I, I was going and getting it straightened. And I have very, very curly, out-of-control hair. It's more, it's more like a, an afro, as Jim says. And I, you know, I, I, I got it. I was getting it chemically straightened. I mean, I don't know where they're getting this... Uh, this stuff and probably from uh, Antigua or somewhere and <laughs> and it was working rather nicely until the curly hair grew in at the sides 
and then uh, and then uh, on a hot summer the end the terrible split ends i've never seen split ends like it and i remember they then one night after having a few jars they decided to style my hair with wax and made me look like the uh former sadly deceased now boxing promoter don king with this wild hair going in all sorts of directions and then gave me a bobby brown look oh that one could have worked i think he was at the height of his powers. He was at the height of his powers. Well, exactly. Well, that's my prerogative, though. You just <laughs> keep it, keep it swept back, for God's sake. <laughs> Two could play that game. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I I looked absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm I'm glad that these pitches cannot be found anywhere. I'm sure they're in a box. I'm going to be moving some. I'm going to get you got junk. Take these things away forever. <laughs> So the picture of you in a bow tie and just a vest and me with my hair like that and God knows what else. I think me with a cigar hanging in my mouth dancing to the prodigy in an orange shirt covered with sweat. That'll be lost forever, thank God. Yeah, we won't miss that one, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, there are definitely some, some classic uh, snaps in there that need to be uh, dredged out, without, without a doubt. You, were, you, were the, you, you must have been paid by British American Tobacco because you got everybody smoking over those uh, four years, didn't you? <laughs> uh, I, I was sponsored by British American Tobacco. He got a Samsonite case full of, uh, full of 50s, I think. <laughs> slipped, into, slipped into the back of the Mazda. Have, a, have some of that. Um, I, think uh, you should, I think you should show some of your... Uh, um, Thrifty tricks, though, with your uh, with your listeners, though. To be fair, the happy hour special is is, is still my favourite. Well, this is the whole thing. On a Friday night, it's a bit. It's a big. I mean, every night was a big night. I think other than uh, Saturday night is the only night we didn't go out or something. But I um I remember going down to the Duke of Buckingham, and this is when I how much how much was a double or triple gin and tonic in those days? Ugh. I think you're talking like it was like two pounds or something for a uh, for a double, and you, but if you did the happy hour thing, you get two for one. So yeah, exactly. So you had two, two pounds and two double gin and tonics. So I mean, I always used to go in there, and I had a an oldish watch, and put the put the you know put the hands back a few minutes there, and said, "Here we go." You know, like I'm, I'm here on time. This is what my watch is saying. This is you know, it's gone Greenwich Mean Time for God's sake. Well, your and trick was to always blast in in a, a um, in an absolute fit of peak. That door got nearly kicked off the, you know, kicked off the um, off its hinges. I'll do my best. Fire straight over to the bar with, you know, knocking things over on the way, showing, leading forward with your arm with the wristwatch. I've, I've just made it. Happy hour still on. Before they could check, you know what the actual time was. You put your order in for. You know, for three rounds of, uh, of of double gin and tonics, and I wasn't using your money, Father. Honestly, I was using that for like <laughs> library books and everything. On, you know. I don't know if he listens. I know Mother listens, but I don't think Father does. But just to let you know, you know, it's, it's all it's all going into the savings account. <laughs> but yeah, but that's, well, I that's been, the whole uh, thing. I have been earning some uh, some cash. Uh, um, driving uh, nurses to and from the assisted living homes uh, during the nights, but uh, it turned out that uh, partying all night and and then waking up at four o'clock in the morning to pick up them up off the graveyard shift wasn't the cleverest thing, and it it wasn't too long before I crashed that Ford Fiesta that Fwas aren't uh, owned, 
uh, with three nurses inside it. And uh, that was the end of my uh, that was the end of my driving days, unfortunately. Well, I was always uh, I was I always thought you had an ulterior motive, like it was an early form of nurse tender or something that you were trying to. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to take your pulse late at night or something, or uh, <laughs> dear <laughs> me, you should have seen some of these characters. I tell you, good lord. Well, yeah, it was a it, it was certainly an interesting. Uh, an interesting place to say the least. But I honestly thought when when I first met you, I thought you were, you were the, we were the beautiful Katie, and I thought how how on earth did he manage to uh, go out with that lovely lady? But then I asked, and then I I think I mentioned to Chimpy, and he said, "Oh, don't worry about him. He's uh, he, he bats to the other side. And don't worry." <laughs> I can't believe he said that. To be honest, I know you're as straight as, a, as straight as an arrow, for God's sake. Well, I don't. I wouldn't go that far either. It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That, that's good to know, definitely. Well, I just I heard the other day. I think that uh, that young fellow uh, is it Sean? Is it Sean Foley or the, or the guy from uh, Will and Grace and another couple of chaps have now been offered 80 million on Spotify to do a weekly podcast. Now, I think we have an opportunity here, you know, to, to well, maybe make $80 a, a week. That, that could be, oh, that's a very pretty cup there. He's got a very sparkly cup there. It's like a princess cup with, um, it, it looks like the Milky Way on there, for God's sake. They've, all, they've already done the ambiguously gay duo. That's the problem. Well, I know, I know that, I know that, uh, I know that that's been mentioned before that uh, we we were named the ambiguously gay. Duo. I mean, I, I do. There was a time though when uh, we were. I think we were in Chicago at this time, and we we lived in a in a house with. Um, uh, I think Rachel was living there. Brian Brian Pepper, he was there as well. Uh, my old roommate he is a 40 year old divorce man and he was uh, <laughs> an interesting fella who, ha- who kept a dating file with ladies vital statistics in there <laughs> I remember he calling me hey, you know can you you know can you get the file for me <laughs> anyway what a, yeah, the funny a terrib- thing about that was <laughs> what, a, what a terrible individual he was oh, and uh, human being anyway we were we were out getting breakfast I think and I saw this, 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 this older man who had a Santa's hat on and he, and, and no, the dog had a Santa's hat on and I thought it was his dog. And I said, well, that's a lovely, lovely dog you've got. And I love that Santa's hat. And, uh, and then he, and I think he was getting a little bit confused and you thought I knew the guy, didn't you? I thought you, I thought you guys knew each other. You're chit chattering away. And I, and I said to, I mean, I, I, I said, that's a lovely Santa's hat. He said, yeah, it's, it's not even my dog. I said, well, I've got the Santa's hat, but it's back in the apartment. <laughs> and then I realized I gave the chap a come on. And he thought his Christmas had come early. But I wasn't going to stuff anything under his tree, I can assure you. But, but it was, it was, uh, it was a very uncomfortable... You, you kept asking if you were from Sussex. <laughs> exactly. I think that's the, only, that's the only county he knew. He must have had some fun back in the wartime with that. But he was an older man, I know that for sure. That was indeed. It was, um, I guess it was quite striking how um, 
uh, unaware you were that you were uh, um, tempting this man to reveal himself uh, in the in the midst of the of the of the morning cafe there. But uh, yeah, he was very keen to pursue your advances or, or your perceived advances at that time. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. I was very confused by the whole situation and. Uh, and uh, I didn't want this predatory man to come anywhere near my apartment, to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, oh, that was delightful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close things off. It was lovely, lovely having you here for our little chat. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Never, Never a, chore. a chore, I hope. Never a chore. Not for the butler, even. Well, exactly. Well, we we went to butler training school together. You were rather better with the starch and the collar than me. I was going to say, I was looking behind you there and uh, just looking for recessed uh, areas to see that I could run my white glove over to check for uh, uh, for, for dusting. Well, you know my feeling about popcorn ceilings, though. Oh, boy, I really must protest. Uh, <laughs> it really attracts the cobwebs. Well, l- luckily, I've got broad shoulders, so you can't see too much. <laughs> I'm, blocking, I'm blocking all indiscretions behind me. Thank goodness. I tell there, is, you. there is an antique weighted blanket behind there, but we're not going to go into that. But the uh, the sky is beginning to bruise, and hopefully Alas, tomorrow will be another day. You must away. Tomorrow is another. Will be another day. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, old boy. Lovely talking with you as always. Well, thank thank you for joining me on the podcast, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon, old chap. Cheerio. Yeah, my love to your to, my love to your mother and father and to mating <laughs> when they listen in. To well, keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm going to... How much do you pay for these uh, voice-over? <laughs> a little bit, uh... For you, gratis. Oh, God bless you. Oh, God bless you, everyone. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, my second guest on this very auspicious occasion, my 100th episode, is my dearest daughter, Victoria, is joining me. And, all, and a regular co-host to the program probably like three or four times so it's lovely to have you here oh thank you yeah it is an audio thing so she just did a very regal royal bow um but that wasn't as respect for me it was uh respect for the uh for the podcast and and the listenership so how have you been i've been pretty good uh, we might be cut off. There's a huge thunderstorm here at the moment, and it might rain until tomorrow. It's like a biblical storm. Oh, yeah, it's been raining really hev- heavy here. I honestly didn't think you were going to make it to 100. I thought you were going to give up like you usually do on things after, like, an episode because there's too much work because you've got too <laughs> many bones in your legs. Well, when you're recording a podcast, it doesn't matter if you have a bone in your leg. You can still... As long as I'm sitting, I wouldn't do my. I wouldn't do the podcast standing though. Oh, I forgot how much you love talking about yourself. Well, I'm not talking about myself. I, I mean, I'm trying to provide entertainment for the very few listeners that I have in Turkey and Thailand. <laughs> Just you're not trying to give any entertainment for your other viewers. Do you not care for them? Well, I do, but I don't know how many I have in the U.S. I think people have turned off the nonsense in the U.S. I might still have a few UK uh, UK listeners. I did ask, though, um, the listeners, and we'll see. If you go on Anchor FM, you can record a voice message. And I've asked uh, the listeners to 
either send me a limerick or record a limerick voice message that I could either play or read out, depending on the audio quality. Do you, okay. uh, do you, do you know a good limerick? Um, it goes like this. It would be like there was a young lady of Derbyshire who had two horns of brass, and then it rhymes, and sometimes it's quite rude. Oh, okay. Um, this is yep. kind of a good one. Roses right, go are on, pink, violets are blue. I don't like you. I'm gonna hit you with a shoe. Oh, that that's very pleasant. I mean, I I, I expect. Uh, you just speak to your dad like that. That's your normal uh, normal type of performance here. I don't, why, why do you... Um, let me ask you this question. I'm playing Spotify, listening to my uh, Yacht Rock collection, and all of a sudden you put Gangnam Style on every time. Well, how am I supposed... Well, you have Apple Music. I don't. You, you have other things you can listen to it on. I don't want to listen to it on YouTube. But why are you listening to Psy all the time from uh, South Korea, wherever he's from? He, but no, you, you, you just love that song, or you just do it to annoy me? You're on there. I only listen to it when you're on there because I like being annoying. Well, yeah, it, it's it's not appreciated, but that's like the most annoying sound, song in the world. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome? Well, I, I do. Yeah, I I would appreciate. Because if you do that, I I will joust you back with a, a thousand farts in an hour mm-hmm. if you uh, if you do that. And then at that point, just, I just to uh, embarrass you in front of your friends, you just hang up at that point. Yeah. Well, so I did send to Victoria a rather delicious delicious recipe. Have you made that yet? It's mm-hmm. similar to the uh, it's similar to the chocolate cake that you made in the microwave that time on the podcast we did oh, at Christmas yeah, time cool. it did look pretty good though and very very easy to make like a chocolate lava cake I think it was on Instagram not not on TikTok yeah I might have to try and make that when I'm at your house it did look very uh, very decadent and delicious though so mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, you would enjoy uh, you would enjoy eating that without a doubt oh yeah heck yeah How's your sister? Is she doing okay? Yeah, she's doing pretty well. Is she being as annoying as ever? Mm-hmm. No, this is annoying. No temper tantrums recently. Oh, no. She had a huge temper tantrum earlier. Because no. we were at the zoo earlier, and we were... Um, Our mom and our grandma said we could not go on the pedal boats at first, and Catherine would not take that as an answer so she started like flailing her arms and she's like i want to go on the pedal boat you don't love me unless you let me go on the pedal boat but she's I'm turning not- into veruca salt from uh charlie and the chocolate factory yeah or, or was it veruca salt one of the one of the one of yeah, the young ladies was a little very- rich girl yeah when she did, didn't did, get- did you put Catherine into the orangutan sanctuary though until she calmed down well i couldn't do that to an orangutan how am I supposed to do that to them? <laughs> that, is, that is true. It would be a. It could be a fate worse than death. Mm-hmm. She'd probably. Orangutan would be her dinner. Quite interesting though, watching Catherine and the orangutan having a wrestle match <laughs> to the death. I think Catherine would win though. <laughs> I don't know. She fights. I imagine she would fight quite dirty sometimes though. Oh heck yeah, she does. <laughs> 
Try having a pool noodle fight with her or a lightsaber fight. Gosh, she gets aggressive. So, do you have any updates on uh, your favorite show, Stranger Things? Are they releasing it this year or not? They said either it's really late this year or early 22. Yeah. So, Victoria's a huge fan of uh, the show, Stranger Things. It's actually a very good show. It's got, like, this sort of 80s Goonies oh, yeah. vibe to it. Um, and it's... Uh, is that it's a very good it's a pretty cool show um little creepy not too creepy not like a yeah. horror movie or anything I'm long i Catherine to watch a few episodes oh Catherine will watch it now will she mm-hmm. well hopefully she doesn't uh hopefully she doesn't, doesn't get too scared when she's I've watching been trying to build up her her uh tolerance for scare well that's the whole thing i i find that it's very difficult to find people to watch scary movies with. nobody wants to watch it the only person who watch scary movies with me is uh is my sister and you will but you chicken out a little bit and you're well, too young I'm anyway you can't you. watch you can't watch really scary movies quite yet i've been asking if i could watch it recently and my mom and mama won't let me yeah i don't i don't think you want to mm, i so remember i had a i had a I had a babysitter or something when I was younger that allowed me to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Or I watched it when I was very young when I shouldn't have done, when I was like seven or eight years old. And that seriously did give me nightmares. So you have to be very careful. I mean, you don't want Freddy Krueger in your dreams when you're seven years old, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very unpleasant. And the same with, the same with uh, Pennywise as well. <laughs> The other day, I just ran. I put on uh, Pennywise doing dancing for ten hours straight. It was it was amazing. Did I watch it for all ten hours? No. But he's quite a good dancer, though. No, he really is. You got to take some dance lessons from him. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm. I might go and get my dance lessons with the orangutans at the zoo as well. But they they're probably better movers than me when they're picking fleas out of their fur or something. Uh huh. Are you uh, are you getting ready for Shark Week? Because that's coming soon. Have you got oh, any yeah. Shark Week celebrations? I love happening? Shark Week. Love, love, love Shark Week. There's a, sometimes when Victoria joins a podcast, we do talk about sharks, one of our favourite subjects. And I think that because of the pandemic and less like boats going around, I think a lot of the sharks have um, they've regained the numbers that they had many years ago. So there's, I think there's quite a few more sharks. But there's less hunting and fishing during the... Um, yeah, that's really good. Sharks yeah. suffer a lot to overfishing. And I would yeah. know because I wrote... I, I, uh, usually when we get to like pick a topic at school about something like that, then I always choose like something to do with the ocean because I love the ocean. And so I've learned a lot of shark facts. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a... Very interesting Shark Week this uh, this coming this coming up in the next few weeks here. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, oh, it's it's really uh, it's really going to come down. I thought I had to wear my uh, sou'wester inside because the roof might start leaking. It's meant to be like a torrential rain. Oh. I'd hate to get my hair wet as well. That could take a long time to to, to comb oh, that out. My hair. Oh, oh no! The hundreds of pounds of grease in it is gonna fall. No, 
it's, it's it could be waterproof though with all the grease in it though. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm it's hoping. all greasy. No, the grease is probably gonna repel it, repel the rain. You know, like those materials that just like repel the rain. It might just slide right off, you know. Yeah, I bet like it would. Um, Your hair is ninety percent hair gel. Well, no, more like ninety-nine percent hair gel, one percent hair. Well, yeah, that's maybe because if I took the hair gel out, maybe I wouldn't have any hair. That could be the that could be part of the you issue. Might as well. it all with you, with it. Well, can I can I just ask you? Because you set up Skype for this uh, recording. What was that ugly baby's face that you had on there? That's like the most hideous thing I've ever seen. I don't want to use a picture of myself, so I just use the ugly baby. It was awful. (laughs) I didn't know if it was you. I thought it was a joke for a second. It kind of of reminded me of you. So I chose, that's why I chose it. Yeah, I I thought that's what you were going to say, that it reminded me, uh, reminded you of of me. I thought that was was the point of putting ugly baby. Wearing those headphones all the time, that's what your head's going to start looking like. (laughs) I don't wear them all the time. I only wear it when I'm recording the podcast. I don't, you know, I don't. You're going to be a gamer boy wearing them 24-7. Yeah, I don't, I don't use it to keep my hair in place or stop me having any sort of uh, mental breakdowns or anything. (laughs) <laughs> but uh well anyway i just wanted you to join as i said victoria's been a huge part and a sometimes supporter of the podcast sometimes she's a a disruptor not a supporter but uh it's always lovely to have her here and and uh i wouldn't say she gives positive vibes but she uh certainly injects a little bit and more humor into the podcast. you give like old geezer vibes well, I think, as I said to you before, my listenership probably have dentures and, uh, and maybe do the blue rinse, or maybe not even hair. Maybe they wear two pairs or wigs. Oh, oh, I hate little kids. No, I don't say anything like that. I don't think, get on my land. <laughs> no. Remember that one time when you yelled at our uh, that na- our neighbor friend? Because they, they were barking at the dogs. Well, exactly. A young, a young chap shouldn't be barking at dogs like that. That's <laughs> that's like Lord of the Flies behavior. You know, you don't want any of that going on. But uh, yes, exactly. Some some of these He's young not, children need to be not the best with kids. He doesn't have a good temper. Oh, I'm very very calm and uh, placid. What are you talking oh, about? That's uh-huh. ridiculous. Who that's are you ridiculous. trying to fool now? Who are you trying to fool now? Well, I'm going to let you go. Don't you have any homework to be doing or studying or something? No. Maybe you need to read a book. Maybe you need to read some Charles Dickens tonight or something. Oh, I love Charles Dickens. He's a great author. Well, there we go. At least, at least you know, I, I taught you a little bit of uh, a little bit of wisecracking and sassiness, and and hopefully you've got love of uh, Charles Dickens as well. Yes. But thank you very much for joining, and, and, and I'm sure you'll be on a podcast very, very soon with me uh, in the next in the that next couple true. of weeks. But uh, it's been lovely to have you here, and thank you for making this uh, the slightly mediocre, um, needs-to-improve type of show that it really is. Mm-hmm. You are welcome. I'm glad I added a little bit of actually good stuff to this podcast. Hopefully the listeners don't get all bored out hearing the rest of it. 
Yeah, is that, he had a little bit of young person pizzazz and taught me about TikTok and uh, and different dances as oh, well. Oh, that one video I have of you, it's perfect. Yeah, you, you, you can never, that video can never be released. I was talking to Uncle Jim and he's on the first part of this podcast and he's got some embarrassing pictures of me, but that video can never be released to the world. Oh, it's, it, uh, it, it It looks like a constipated sumo wrestler dancing. <laughs> well, really, isn't that you? Are you and a constipated sumo wrestler? And at that point, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it right there because it's uh it's too uh, it's too painful to remember that. But thank you for joining. <laughs> You're welcome. Many thanks to Victoria and Jim for joining me on this lovely occasion to mark a hundred episodes. And thank you to you, the listeners, for giving me lots of support uh, on Instagram, uh, keep calm and cauliflower cheese, and Twitter at keep cheese, and. It's been marvellous to entertain you over these hundred episodes. And here's to the next hundred. So, thinking on such a celebratory occasion, either the hundredth episode or maybe England beating Germany the other night in penalties. And as I said to Jim earlier, I have been eating uh, Swedish meatballs. I honestly thought that if England won, they would play Sweden. So I've been eating Swedish meatballs for a week. So I think it's about time I have a salad, get a little bit more roughage into my diet probably. Uh, But I'm thinking in terms of celebratory mood to close with a lovely poem. Uh, Where I'd like to be at the moment, it would be nice to have a little holiday by the seaside. And this is Summer Splendor by the Sea. Summer Splendor by the Sea, a gentle blue serenity. Caressing rays of golden sun, blushing, bronzing all who come. Enticed by its romantic lure, lovers stroll the sandy shore. Hushing rhythm of the waves and salty misty ocean sprays. Seabirds echo, call of cries, pierce the deep blue azure skies. Dolphins dancing on their way across the sea out to bay. A glistening shiny sun-soaked day, all young and old alike at play. Building castles by the sea, jumping waves and spirits free. No place on earth as perfect to be as summer splendour by the sea. Thank you for listening to the 100th episode. I'll be back for number 101 until Saturday. Cheerio for now, people.